Welcome to episode 127 of the Pop Collectors Alliance podcast, the creator series with JD from Collecting Heroes. I'm your host, Rick, as always, joined by my co-bearded co-host, Captain Stronger, Mr. Piper, back in Fort Worth on Zero Sleep, where we're working on 40 hours here. Got one podcast done already tonight. How are we doing this evening? We have a new scenery. We're sitting in my kitchen. We have transported all of the equipment here so that we can hang out and we can, uh, well, my child is asleep upstairs. That's why we're here, but we're, we're doing, we're doing good tonight. So we're coming up with podcast names. What what did I say? So it's the collector's kitchen now. We got that. That's some alliteration. Cocktails and and collecting. Cocktails and collecting. You guys can't (laughs) trademark these because I already have them trademarked, so. Before the episode, we we went to the uh, the government and we said this is this is a thing. No one else can have it. And they said yes, we yeah. agree. I I got it written on the back of a napkin. So that's all you, you need, know. right? I and think there's a date on there. There's a there is precedence in that. There's legal precedence. That's what happens. So this episode, as we've alluded to already, uh, we're gonna bring somebody on. We're gonna let's just put JD in the whole episode. And we can talk about everything. So that's it. Uh, first, we'll start out welcoming JD to, uh, from Collecting Heroes podcast. We just did an episode with him. Welcome to the podcast, JD. G'day, g'day. Yes, thank you for having me on here. Uh, we, yeah, you did just spent the last hour chatting with me on my show, which was fantastic. But I'm super excited to now talk with you guys and and yeah, in a in a different atmosphere. This is really cool. And if you hear that accent, don't get it confused. That's not a Southern Alabama accent. He is from the down down <laughs> under. Uh, Australia joining us uh, across the ocean. I could try an Alabama. Is that uh, that's not Alabama? Is <laughs> that's <it>? pretty good. <laughs> I I don't know. That's about my I guess close as my like Australian accent. I, I like do, that. So. That's an Alabama. I Alabama. like that. I like that. You gotta say what is it? Roll Tide. You gotta <laughs> roll Roll Tide. Yeah. Uh, but no. Th- so we're that's gonna a sports <laughs> thing. We're gonna start out. We love to do the creator series on the show. So I, I think you know doing a cross podcast, continue the creator series again. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit, but we're just going to have JD on and we can banter a little bit about some NFTs tonight before we get started and, and talk about JD's collecting journey and you know how that led to podcasting and all that great stuff. So uh, we did allude last week to the Dark Knight series, NFTs releasing. We know that they're coming out on the 22nd, but we didn't have all the information at the time. Do we have all the information now? We do have all the information now. So, mm. and I am prepared, uh, it is on my cell phone. So we're doing it live. <laughs> is, that, is that what preparation yeah. is? You just pulled it up on your phone. Yeah. So these release, I'm on- doing the same thing right now. <laughs> hey, we yeah. did good. This is called show notes guys. We're, we're the greatest. They're, they're dynamic show notes. Is yeah, yeah, that's right. Ever changing. Um, yeah. So I actually have it as an open tab on my phone already because of the fact that I'd been looking at it earlier. You there you go. Right so these, so these, um, pop, Standard packs, premium packs, twenty two thousand five hundred. So, on the higher, yeah, mid high, mid high, yeah. You know the Grail in this one, I do like it. Harvey Dent, one of my favorite characters. I forget mm-hmm. what the actor's name is, but um, Francis F. Cumble Ford. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not even gonna Google it, but I will say that there's a movie. If you haven't seen it, it's called Thank You for Smoking. Oh, I. Love okay, so so l- let me tell you something first. Were you, okay, Go, and then we'll get into that. Whatever his name is, and we'll pull it up live. But anyways, he was on Howard Stern, and he Aaron was Eckhart. Aaron, what was it? Aaron Eckhart. Oh, yeah. Aaron Eckhart. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 
A Ron. <laughs> and so, so he was on Howard Stern's show, right? Yes. And he's a method actor. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, he's kind of a jerk. And okay, I can I'll, I'll, see that. I'm going to, I'm just going to come out there and say it. Like on my old podcast, Matthew Lillard, you know, the guy from yeah. Scream and yeah, Scooby Doo. Yeah. Well, I always had this thing that that guy's a jerk because we asked. Is he him, actually a jerk? Yeah, he is. Okay. So we, we waited in his line to get his signature. <laughs> yeah. And at uh, Texas Frightmare Weekend. Yes, and yes. we wanted him to do a drop for Scream at the Screens. Yeah, yeah. So we had yep, David Arquette. Podcast, yeah, old yeah, podcast. Our old, 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 old circa, you know, not, not back involving in the day. Me. David Arquette, I walked right up to him. I'm like, hey, David Arquette, will you do, hey, this is David Arquette. Uh, you're listening to Scream at the Screens. Yeah. And he did it. Oh, yeah, because he's a nice dude. Yeah, and so I went through Matthew Lillard's line. I know yeah. I'm, I'm rabbit holing now. Right. I get all the way up there. We wait 20 minutes to get this guy's autograph. And I'm like, hey, do you do a podcast drop? He's like, and it were mind you, there's a hundred people standing around us. He goes, a podcast drop. Uh, no, thank you. And I'll, we just, me and my buddy looked at each other and we were like, what the hell was that about? And, and so, you know, that's that. But Aaron Eckerd, mm-hmm. maybe that's his name. A.A. Ron, we'll call him. Yeah. He was on Howard Stern and he was like, you know, I was doing support groups and he wanted to immerse himself in the support groups. So he would go in acting. He went into a support group of like kids with cancer who had died and they're, they're, he's the parent of it. Yeah, right. Acted like he was a parent with a kid that had died oh, of cancer oh. with all these other oh. people and did that. No, that's horrible. That's no. Yeah. I don't approve of this. All right. What were you going to say about thank you for smoking? Nothing. It's a great movie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I thought you I were going to. It was, yeah. I wasn't prepared. I didn't know what I was going into when I watched it. And it, I was like, I was shocked and just is fantastic. It's like one of my favorite movies. Yeah, those are the best movies when you try to go, you like, you think it's going to be a crappy movie and then you go in. And I didn't think it was going to be crap. I just didn't know what, what I was getting expect. into. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I did that with Zombieland. I was like, Zombieland. Oh, God. Yeah, another great movie. I love it. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. man, that was epic. Yes, for sure. All right. What are we talking about? NFTs. So we started with Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent, The Grail. Uh, I don't. I love it. I'm not a big Batman guy, right? So yeah, we are. Yeah, here we go. Okay, no, no, no. I, I say that. I got JD on here to help me. So I know you have back. I am. I'm a. I'm the. I'm. I am the Batman guy. I don't. I. I just didn't grow. I grew up Marvel. Like everything I liked was Marvel. Or actually, really, it was more Spawn. Like Spawn was like my superhero of choice. But I mean, like I like Batman for because he got cool suits on. Uh, that's about it. I like this one. I do like the Harvey Dent. It's the the visual appearance of it is kind of strange, like with the black and the red, because you would think it would be like fleshy toned. But mm-hmm. I know I know it's like the end of the whatever. But uh, I, I like it, so I approve. Stamp of good. What's the next one? Well, you want to go? Let's go. Well, we'll run through them, okay? And then we'll go wh- which one each of us like. Okay. So then you have. I'm not going to go in the order that it's on there, but yeah, you have Selena Kyle. Who? Oh, Catwoman. Catwoman. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And. <laughs> You know, what's the LE on those? I think it's like 1270 or something. I mean, 12,000. 1900. Uh, 1900 on this set because it yeah. is the larger set, 1950. Yeah. Yeah. For all of the, the legendaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have Bane, which I thought was interesting that they did it. He has this more of his like uh, military type combat gear on. That's from like I mean, at the, where he first, the first appearance of him in the movie, right? Yeah. When he like jumps out of the. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. What was going to break first? <laughs> That's a good your one. Mind or your body? You gotta, you gotta cover I gotta your mouth. Cover up. What was going to break first? It doesn't yeah. come through the microphone. I know you need a microphone. I used to like, do Bane it. all the time. I used to love doing it. Yeah. I mean, I like his voice. You know, I like that's that. That was my. Is he a football player? 
No. Okay. Tom Tom Brady. Tom Hardy. Oh is, my gosh. What is it? Tom Hardy? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. There we yeah, go. At least you got it. I, I, mean, I, I, got, I, I took a couple it was steps. Be a swing and a miss. It's a couple steps there. Okay, cool. I like him. I like this one. Yeah. And then you have the scarecrow, which I'm just uh okay. Was he didn't he? even pay a big role in that. He was at the court. Remember, he's like, No, you can confess and Wait. we'll part. You, which one? Which movie is it from? He he's in both movies. But there's three. Mm-hmm. I mean, so he's in all three movies. No, he's not. Yeah, he I, is. Yeah, he yeah. is. He has cameos. Mm. So in the third movie, in The Dark Knight Rises, I think this covers the whole. Which trilogy. one's that? That's the one with Bane. <laughs> okay, he plays I a like cameo at the end where he's like the judge of the court, and the people walk out on the ice mm-hmm. and they fall through the ice. Do you remember that? Piece? No. Oh my gosh, Piper. Can I tell <laughs> you? And I've never seen the first one with Raj Al Ghul. Yeah, but he plays a bigger role in the first one. So that's why I don't know who yeah. he is. Yeah. Okay. Well, then you have the Scarecrow Man. I do know what he is. He spooks you with gas. He spooks you with gas. <laughs> yeah, spooky gas. That's all I know. You know a, a fun <laughs> fact about the first Dark Knight movie? Huh. There's a part where they're, they blow up the city, right? They got the gas going through the city and Batman comes if you down. Tell, if you say so, I've never seen it. Okay, that's fine. There's okay. a part where he comes down at, and there's a little kid on a balcony. Huh? That little kid is Joffrey Baratheon. Is it? Yes, it is. Yes. Uh, that's yeah. cool. Little known fact. Is he wearing a crown? I'm bringing knowledge today, okay. Piper. He's not wearing a crown. He has not been crowned <laughs> he is, yet. He is physically. Yeah. And then you have Bruce Wayne <laughs> in a suit. Why couldn't they do a Batman? I don't know. Christian Bale. I, 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 I like Christian Bale. He's I do. He's such a BA. Great, great actor. I liked him in that one where he got real skinny. American Psycho is my favorite one. Not that one. What's the, uh, what was the one where he got real skinny? And the almost, Machinist. The, the Machinist. machinist yeah. Fantastic movie. I yeah. like that one. Um, is he the machinist in this one? Yeah. Okay. It, that's what happens. Bruce Wayne, the machinist. <laughs> he midnights as the machinist. He loses skinny like, man in his suit. <laughs> yeah, there it. you go. If only. Okay. Um, what else is that? Oh yeah. The best one of the whole dang bunch. Freddie Funkers. Freddie Funko as commissioner Gordon. Did you know commissioner Gordon? I learned this today. Commissioner Gordon's daughter is, is a bad girl. From what? Space. I don't know. <laughs> One of them conk nerds at the store told me. What? Barbara Gordon. Barbara Gordon. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there we go. You're going to ask the resident um, Batman expert. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that I don't know. So I think overall as a set, I think this is a really good set. I like the license approach. Some people, I've seen some conversations like, why are you going to release Bane again? Oh, my gosh. There hasn't been that many Banes. There's only been two. Well, what I'm mm. saying is is there's this one variant, right? Of And the other Banes were comic book Banes, right? They, no, no. There was one Bane. Was Remember there? Bane? He's the, 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 you have the bank robber Joker. You have Bane. Those are the two most valuable. I didn't know there set. was a Bane in that set, though. There is. Because I, I remember yeah. the, I know the comic one, and I know they did the. Well, they did Selena Kyle. They uh-huh. did Catwoman. They did Bane, and they did the Joker, two variants. One was Bank Robber. One was um, just the regular, you and, know, holding the card. And there's the two-pack with the regular one and the Bank Robber. Yeah, that's a Gemini collectible. The one that costs an uh, arm and a leg and a kidney. Yeah. But anyway, I like the set. I, it's, I will. What's in- your favorite? The Freddy. That's all I want. That's it. Uh, okay. JD, what's your favorite? I would have to say it's the Bane. So talking about the Banes, yes, the the, the Bane from the original Dark Knight um, set they released. That is a Grail in mo- for most Batman collectors now, and actually is not amongst my my collection, unfortunately. Um, so I definitely want to get my hands on Bane, and also 
something you might not notice unless you, you sort of zoom in and have a, a better look at that pop is that he appears to be holding Batman's mask. So if you remember oh. when he actually beats the hell out of out of Batman, he breaks his back and breaks it breaks breaks yeah breaks yeah. his back breaks his breaks his mask yeah and it looks like he's he's holding the broken the cowl. So, that's really cool. I like that. Can use so it. it is it is actually really really cool one. So that's probably my favorite one that I want is is to get that one. I, I definitely want the whole set. I'm I'm going for the whole set for sure. I've got so far out of the NFT drops, I've gotten all the Batman uh pop that they've actually released and all the NFT releases. So I'll definitely be getting all these. How yeah. how lucky have you been with getting packs? I always ask that to everybody because most of the people come to the store and they're like, oh, I hate all these NFTs because I only can get two packs and that's it. How, how lucky have you been? Have you, have you been able to nab multiples per drop? Or, or do you just I've been buy incredi- that? I've been incredibly unlucky, oh, <laughs> if no. I'm honest. So I actually, it's a funny thing. If you actually look on the blockchain um, mm-hmm. and I think it was within Atomic Hub, you can actually see the top spenders mm-hmm. on, on certain drops. Uh, I actually made the top hundred spenders in the first DC drop. Oh no! Because of how much I spent on packs trying to get that Grail, uh, and uh, I learned my lesson through that. That if you want to get the Grail, maybe just it's easier just to pay for the Grail afterwards. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't even want to check. <laughs> which that you list. guys have discussed as well. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to check that list. My name is probably most definitely on top of that for the House of the- Dragons. Oh, but you have like. How many redemptions did you, you want to know? I counted them. 18. How many? What Total out of redemption. just that one? Yeah. Uh, 23. <laughs> oh, so wow. I did not have that many. Well, I, you know, Ricky has a I got to recoup. Though. I got to recoup. That's what I, I mean. And then when baby daddy's worth like $27, I got to buy as many baby daddies as I can. Is he still like that? It's bad. Uh-oh. So it's like, I think that I still don't have Rainier. I think that's her name. I, I, I'm, I'm so tired. Rhaenyra. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. They're, all their names are almost the but same. She, she's the only one I don't have, but I still have 23. You know how many total redeemables I have coming to the store throughout the rest of this year? 42. Just take a guess. It's 40. JD. Oh. It's more than 42. 50 plus. What? Yeah. I 50 have, plus. I have 57 redeemables. What are you going to do with them? Wow. I, I don't Jeez. even build an army. So I just did. I went in because the elf was so cheap because nobody wants it. It doesn't matter. They, those things come out and I can buy more packs in the future <laughs> with it. If I pay $27 for the, the um, Marvin Gaye snowman, <laughs> if I pay $27 for Marvin Gaye snowman, and is I, that what his I, name I, is? I, I don't know. It's not. No. It's Charles. So he's Charles. got 57 coming in. 30 of them are the spaghetti eating one. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Actually, I got seven from that set. Spaghetti so, and syrup. Um, but I bought I bought those because it's like, okay, quick turn and burn yeah. on those and then buy more packs in the future because they're having nice releases that are coming out. I mean, the Dark Knight trilogy, that's my favorite version of Batman. I'm sorry to everybody out there that are Batman fans. Like, that's my favorite live action Batman. Movie Batman is the best Batman. Like, hands down. What? Movie Batman. That movie Batman. Oh, yeah. Is the best iteration of Batman. What, who's your favorite, JD? Best movie. I, also, I like Batman. Michael Keaton, too. But. Well, uh, for people obviously listening, they can't see what we're seeing on video. But over one shoulder, I've got a collection of the Michael Keaton 
style pops on one side and on the other side i've got the dark knight versions um i would have to say they're both up there but michael keaton just because it's my childhood 11 years old going and watching that in the cin- cinemas yeah uh, no there's no wrong it, answer there i think that the yeah. in my mind it's one a one b which one was the nipples batman that's George Clooney. Oh, no, that was George Clooney. Yeah. I like that one, too, but only for nipples. He was the worst Batman. What? No. With Mr. Freeze. No, uh, Arnold, I, I, Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger did a fantastic job of that. He should have won an Oscar. Um, <laughs> Uma <laughs> Thurman as Poison Ivy. I like Bane Uma was You're not movie. sending me to the cooler. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's name off all the other Batmans. <laughs> no, there was another Ben one. Affleck. I see. I never saw those, so I have no experience with Ben Affleck as Batman, um, so I don't I don't accept that as canon. What was the other one? No, there was a worse Batman. Was Val the, Kilmer. Val Kilmer. I don't. I didn't like that one. No, George Clooney was the worst. Do you think was it because of nipples? Is it? Is that no? It, it's right? not even nipples. Batman. He just doesn't portray Batman very well. But I, Val Kilmer was still stoic, right? Like Batman mm-hmm. has like the stoic appearance. I think that I don't like his face though. Michael Keaton was like Michael Keaton was the perfect mixture of what Bruce Wayne should be and what Batman is the correlation between the characters in my mind. What Christian Bale did is he brought more uh, the anger side out of a Batman, which I I think I liked, I liked Michael Keaton as the, uh, the like actual Bruce Wayne, like human, like obviously he's human, but like when him, like the playboy, yeah, yeah, it's like, like that aspect of it. But I think I prefer the, the Dark Knight Batman in actual Batman form. So, whereas I could flip those, I'm actually I prefer Michael Keaton in Batman, Batman, really, and and then uh, Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne, only because of the voice. I, I think the voice really <laughs> probably, yeah, yeah, sounding like he has throat cancer or something. Like. Yeah, the, the first one, the first was version was not as bad as like two and three. Like it gets got, worse. Yeah, exactly. he, he like laid it on. He just like progressively not, worse. He went full ham. <laughs> it's like it's like the Ben Stiller movie, Tropic Thunder. You never go full. I'm not yeah, going to say yeah, the word. Yeah, yeah. He went. Yeah, he yeah. went full ham. <laughs> he went full Batman. <laughs> oh, he went full Batman. Yeah, but I agree with you, JD. I think that the Playboy Bruce Wayne. I uh, like Christian Bale. So uh, great banter there. But I do. I do think my favorite. It's hard because I just like the Harvey Dent pop. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm going to go with Bane just because he has the cow in his hand. And that's my favorite line of that movie when I repeat it. That's why I said it because I saw it in there. I was like, oh, that's my line. Yep. What's going to break first, your mind or your body? Crank. Crank. Yeah. All right. Uh, so go buy these NFTs, kids. Give Funko more money. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be, it's still going to be crazy. So I'm probably going to need your help. I got the JD and, and I will I will share my secrets with you after after this to how we've Oh yes, please do. On the last I need all the help as well. On the last not this one, which one was it? When I I got like House of Dragons. What no 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 the one that not House of Dragons, sorry. Um Man, I'm trying to think of it now. The one before this one. The Freddie Funko one. Oh yeah, the April Fools. The April Fools one. On the April Fools one, I was able to get I think twelve packs on drop. And Oof. I got four. Yeah. You got four, and then I sold you two of them, and I still had seven. Why well, you got a grail out of that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So, but anyway, yeah, um, I will, I will share that information, and also with the patrons too. So maybe I need to do a I, little. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on a limb. Yeah, and I'm gonna say mm-hmm. that rsteelman.dw or whatever that is, mm-hmm. that's my wallet name. Yeah, if you look that up, 
I'm going to be in the top 10. It just says poor. Or <laughs> April Fool's. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to be in the top 10 for House of Dragon. Probably so. I mean, I definitely spent over $1,500. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I'm, I still have two packs that I need to open. You want to open those? Yeah, we can do that. How so, much are those packs right now? 80 bucks? Like $100. Oh, okay. You know what? I'm going to sell I'm them. I'm going to sell them, yeah. yeah. I'm going to go sell those. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think this is a great set. I think it's Funko trending in the right direction, right? We want these bigger licenses. That's what we've so, been asking for. And they have been. Like Flintstones, now you have this. I mean, Flintstones isn't grade A top tier, but it's a step in that direction. We're not getting... I mean, Hanna-Barbera, as, uh, as Julie said on the pa- podcast, the only reason they make that is because of Brian Mariotti. He's got some weird <laughs> fetish for terrible 70s cartoons. Yeah, I know. I, I guess you shouldn't say they're terrible. I just don't like them. Yeah. Just sure. alienate 30% of our audience. No, not 30%. I can guarantee you 30% of people listen to this do not like Hanna-Barbera. Well, I think nothing's worse than that Sid in the trash can guy. What Sid and Marty Croft? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why they they did those definitely pulled that guy out of some dystopian future. It's not even a kid's show. It's like <laughs> just like some guy that found that costume in a trash can in the year twenty forty seven during Terminator and just created his own show in a cave somewhere. And it's just, he just lived his life out. He's like he doesn't know that the Terminators are outside. He found this in a trash can, and he just wakes up every day like fifty first days Drew Barrymore and just recreates. The the show and there's just like a couple of people that watch him from a distance yeah, that's the show yeah there's like four people in there and they're straw people but he thinks that they're real we've created a whole backstory for this character that's far better than what it really is in real life oh. i think a couple of rats actually live through the apocalypse and they're also there in the audience oh yeah, yeah yeah he's convinced that they're just little people they're just <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what happened we nailed it oh done i like it what is the guy's name again? Sid what? Sid and Marty. It's two people. Sid and, well, it's only one in this case. It's the <laughs> same it, guy. His name's Sid in Marty Croft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. He does his character as a real character, and the other character is Claymation. No, they're huge. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just it's, making it up. Have you ever watched any of the cartoons? Like, no, because I don't like, I don't, I didn't take mushrooms when I was a kid it's, and watch this weird show. It is definitely <laughs> LSD fuel, like nightmare fuel. It is. Is it really? I think that half of those shows, like circa 1960 to 1975, is just a bunch of people in a studio doing acid. That's what this is. Yeah, Uh that's all it is. Dude, it's like there's Mm -hmm. a, there's, okay, there's one about a sea monster. Here you go. All right. Here's the best one. What? We're going to have this bird, man. (laughs) This big yellow effing bird, man. And this bird's got a personality. (laughs) And you know what? We're going to have a mammoth come in. And what's a mammoth's name, bro? That's his best, best friend. Snuffleupagus. <laughs> no, this is. You don't, don't come you, up with that don't name. Don't you dump on Sesame Street, sir. Wait, and there's this guy <laughs> that lives in a trash can. And he's just angry all the time because he lives in a trash can. His, his name could be. Let's call him Oscar. He is a very grouchy individual. Oh, grouchy. my gosh. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, that that whole thing i just I, I don't mind sesame street but you can tell that like the, the muppets, concept dude, of that muppets are fantastic the muppets yes you're talking about kermit and all that yeah yeah, yeah real yeah, muppets. of course yeah not the like animal is like the best like muppetized puppetized character there is uh swedish chef is pretty yeah. fantastic too. bertie 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 <laughs> that's not racist at all bertie bertie oh. i tell you what if you're talking about acid and, and going back to sesame street 
the yip 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 nope 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 oh nope. <laughs> the little aliens <laughs> yeah. aliens <laughs> that's great i'm telling you that's what that's how it came out so uh well we rabbit hold on that one so i think that's a great segue We'll go from acid into this interview, <laughs> uh, but hey, I, I love the banter. This is yeah, it's just it's just kicking in now, actually. Yeah, the, the acid, <laughs> yeah, all of it, all of it, all the colors are just, they're kicking in. <laughs> all right, so as we mentioned at the top of the episode, we have JD on. We did a podcast with him. We're bringing him on the show. He is the host with the mostest, interviewing everybody and everyone. Which I found, you know, for the Collecting Heroes podcast, I check it out wherever podcasts available, we'll get all the plugs in at the end. But um, there's one of the things, even before we go into your backstory that I, that we admire, right. Is the ability to interview people because our technical difficulties on the show. And even we had technical difficulties on our recording, but it's gotta be for you, the time difference and where you're interviewing these people. How difficult is that sometimes? Yeah, I definitely had to work out. Uh, it's one of the th- first things I, I sort of when I'm when I'm speaking to someone is is I ask like, where are you? What time zone are you in? And then I have to work out that time zone. So for people in the US that are like, which I've had a lot of guests from the US, uh, depending on what which coast they're on, it's usually around about that eight p.m. time zone. For, for them, which is, is morning time for me. So a lot of times I'm doing the morning. I did one episode uh, with uh, someone in Pennsylvania, um, a Lego collector, and that was difficult because he wanted – the only time he could make happen was 9 a.m. And so I was on – it was 12.30. <laughs> it, was, it was after midnight. It was after midnight I started recording with him. So I think when I, we wrapped up, it was it was well and truly like almost 2 a.m. in the morning. and my brain was just shutting off trying to kind of like what rick's is probably doing after his couple of days of of driving and moving and all of everything but i, I tend to be it, more funny when i'm that way <laughs> <laughs> i i was like a total brain farts i i actually had one portion that that's edited out from that podcast where i it took me three turns to ask him a question because i just could not get the string of words to happen in the right order <laughs> when I was trying to, trying to, but yeah, it, you get used to it. I think I know now that nighttime here is the best time for people out of Europe and, and UK and morning time here is the best time for me to usually hook up with people for, from the U S. So yeah, it, it, there was a learning curve for sure. I know that we stay up super late. So it really like it's the, the working late thing that is super normal for us because well, Rick doesn't become alive again after work until like nine 30 <laughs> at night. So the, we, we always end up recording and we always have problems. Right. So the starting at like 10, 11 o'clock, it's not a big deal for us. And plus I stay up like till two o'clock every morning anyway. But so, yeah, and I never sleep really. So. <laughs> We're like, what is sleep exactly? <laughs> I can sleep when I'm dead. Can you explain this concept to me? But no, th- I, th- I think that's great too. I think people don't get that appreciation. I mean, even that struggle with the time difference. That's what I'm always like inquiring about it because it just adds an, another layer of difficulty. But with that said, you know, thanks for coming on the show. We, we are, you know, lucky to be in this position to be able to share our content across both of our platforms and, and sort of for our audience, this is the creator series. I mean, we can even call it the collector series, but we like to go down the train of like 
your backstory uh, as as creating a podcast, and I know that we talked about it loosely, but for our audience, how did you make that transition of, hey, I'm a collector, hey, now I'm a podcaster, and just that story in a in a nutshell? Yeah, well, I've been a collector, and I'm a massive Batman fan. Sorry, Piper, but... <laughs> I'm a ma- massive Batman fan since since I was a child, as I mentioned earlier, going to see Michael Keaton when I was 11 years old in the cinema, and, and I was just hooked from there. So I've always had a collection of things which sort of around 2017 started to grow and start, and some pop vinyl started making their way into the collection. Uh, and then when the pandemic hit, I was at 2020 uh, was when... I actually probably my collection went up a notch because I was at home and I was you know seeing everything online and just fomoing into things and and had this whole thing happening but at the same time in at the start of early 2020 I got a job with a podcast company and during my time working there and working with other podcasters and really getting to know that industry uh, and and being an avid podcast listener myself and loving you know, hearing content, I thought maybe there's a chance for me to create some of that content about something I love, and that is the collecting side as well. So that was where, that was where, you know, it was kind of through osmosis of of having a job in the industry uh, that I actually ended up creating the podcast. And the one thing I I was looking at when I was looking at how am I going to run this podcast is what is the one thing I'm good at doing? And that's usually talking i can talk for hours about the stuff that i love so this gives me a chance to talk with other people about the stuff they love you know and i just the whole that's the whole premise of the show is just geeking out with other collectors about the things they love um it it, it is an interview podcast but i try and keep it very conversational as if i was at the bar having a couple of beers with, with a friend yeah and I, I mean i get that from your podcast too very genuine and and sort of that open conversation like you're a fly on the wall so uh, yeah, it, it's something that's hard to create, but it, it's something that's you find that authenticity in, in those that that this platform, especially long form interviews and things like that. Mm-hmm. One of the things, uh, and I'll turn it over to Piper for the next couple of questions. But one of the questions that I wanted to ask, as a collector being in Australia and collecting, like it doesn't have to necessarily be Funko, but other things. What are mm-hmm. some of the little known things that people in the U.S., the struggles that we might not necessarily see that you have to deal with day in and day out? I know it's gotten better, right? But, you know, early days of collecting, what are some of the things that we wouldn't, need, you know, notice that you guys have to deal with? Well, things like some of your exclusives that you have over there, uh, you know, we don't get the same exclusives down here. So even something as simple as like a Target exclusive, that you have with the target sticker and for anyone who is an avid sticker collector we know there's, there's people who it's very important that the sticker is on the box we don't get those down here even though we have target stores it's not it's obviously not through the same entity or same agreements um so they come down to australia with special edition stickers on, on the funko boxes um so that's one of the things that i think is harder if you're trying to collect those things out of the u.s and trying to get them and then the cost of shipping them across can mean that something that's just a, a standard, I think $12 for you guys or $15 these days um, out of a store there 
by the time you actually add on the currency exchange, which is about a dollar forty something like that, it's it, like it's um you know it's, it gets a lot more expensive and then shipping over. So that can be difficult. Um, so we don't see the same ranges. Also, certain things will release, and we see them obviously online. The internet gives us everything access to everything immediately. We can see them online, and they're releasing in the US, and then we're sitting here as Australian collectors going when is it going to hit here when's it going to hit here and then with supply chain issues that we saw through through the last few years um meant that some things just either didn't hit our shores or take took six to 12 months before they got here which i think everyone kind of probably felt that during the pandemic um but it's not uncommon to have that down here but i think in terms of a lot of collectibles there's a lot of places down here that are doing really great work um the smaller you know online stores um that are actually getting a lot more of those items through into collectors hands um and then you've got uh pop culture who are uh you know a rather super big name down you here guys have that there man they're yeah they always I'm got the good. goods man and they tend to get a lot of the funko exclusive store exclusives here actually as well so i tend to get um I was buying some of my Funko store exclusives from the Funko store and getting them through a forwarding company mm. um, in Florida. Uh, but uh, in some cases I've been picking them up from pop culture because they'd had them here. But originally I was getting them through a forwarder because pop culture was re-stickering some of those where they were actually putting a pop culture exclusive sticker on them for a Funko store exclusive. I love their sticker though. It's so good. See, I'm the opposite because I guess I just being Australia, I'm like, oh no, I want the Funko sticker. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Well, like they, it's like when they switched over to the metallic one, like uh, the first one I remember had that was the uh, Captain Cutler. Yeah, like they switched over to the the cool like metallic like pop culture mm-hmm. sticker. I, I was like, oh, that's so cool. I'm sick and tired of seeing the ones that we have. Well, sticker collectors have got it bad now. They're getting they're getting like rolled over by the steamroller because. Now they have Walmart exclusive stickers, but Funko also sells Walmart exclusives with a Funko exclusive sticker on it. And then let's see a con come out. Now you got four different stickers and, and yeah, I'm not a sticker collector anymore. Or like Chalice now that they are also throwing on pre-release stickers. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, I don't know. I got this sticker, man. It says pre-release on it and it increases the value by $200. Doesn't mean you ordered a week early. That's all that that means. I know, right? But I mean, sometimes those are worth a lot. So, no. But thank yeah. you for that, Piper. What are you? All right. So, like, as a as a collector, what was the one thing that started you on like your journey? Like, everybody has that like one item. Well, it doesn't have to be. It could be Funko. It could be anything. Literally, like, just like what is that one item that you like? You bought it, or it was gifted to you, or something, and you're just like, oh, this is amazing. And then you just had to have everything else that had to do with that. The one thing, um, and you guys did like a, a great episode on Lego mm-hmm. and you know explaining Lego and Lego collecting. I have a massive. You can't you can't see it in the background of where we, where I'm sitting right now. It's mostly pop vinyls, but I actually have a massive Lego collection as well. Um, a lot of it is still in the box. It's a common thing for Lego collectors as it backlog. should be. Uh, that's what yeah. I so I'm. <laughs> So I've got a huge amount of backlog and including like I've got two boxes which are sitting just only a few feet from me that are full of all my uh, May the 4th 
purchases that I, I, I bought so I could get the gifts with purchase. Um, Lego was that thing that I enjoyed as a child um, playing with and always held a special place in my heart. So I, like many Lego collectors, had what they call a dark age or a dark period where they we don't collect Lego for a while. And then as adults, we get back into it. And then luckily I had my Lego was still sitting in a box at my parents' place and I was able to get my old collection, which I've still got uh, from a lot of the 80s sets. Uh, they've got some of, the, some of the space sets, some of the city sets. There was like a Robin Hood style set that yeah, they had from dude. the 80s as well. Um, so I've got those and the, and the pirate ones as well. So, yeah, I've still got a lot of that, but I've just gone down that rabbit hole of uh, I FOMO more into Lego purchases, I think, than I do Funko purchases these days really? as well. Um, so I've got a huge amount of, of Lego that I'm I'm sort of trying to work out my collecting room in a way that I can display more of it as well. When they have that, did you see that Batman set they have coming out? Oh, gosh. The, yes, I'll be getting that. The oh, Batcave one. Yeah. That is epic. It's crazy did you big. See the price tag on it? Yeah. Was it's like $450 it? or something? Yeah, like that? that's nothing. Yeah. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. I'm just that. saying it's worth it. If oh, you're yeah. bat, I'm going to get that. That's US. In oh, Australia, yeah. it ends up being more. It's like 600 <laughs> It'll, uh, no, if it's, if it's about 500 US, it'll be at least seven here. Gosh, I can't imagine. And then you probably, that's probably, is is it going to be a regional thing or are you going to have to have it like, are you going to have to order it from the US and have it shipped over? No, we're pretty fortunate that um, Lego has pretty good supply down here and they they also have a number of stores um, called Lego Certified Stores. Mm-hmm. A, a company essentially uh, owns, I guess, the license to have the, the Lego stores. So they look like official Lego stores when you walk into them. But they also have their own website, Lego Certified Source website, down here that they that you can purchase from. But nice. Lego also has its own AU site that you can purchase from. So there's two avenues there. We we get everything that pretty much that comes out in the US down here. Well. That's all, yeah, we have something like that actually, like right down the road from us. We have a, a place called Legoland. It's like in our like big mall from us, and it's it's basically uh, yep. that. It's not the Legoland theme park, but it's like a yeah, that's in, in California. The, it is in the mall, at the Grapevine Mall, right? Yeah, that's Grapevine Mills. Yeah, so it's like a it, they, and they have some awesome stuff in there. Like you go in, I'm like, oh, they have sets I've never seen before, and I'm like, oh, I gotta leave. I'm gonna spend all my money in here. Yeah. I, and I, we I, also have down here the, the if you're familiar with the Lego Masters TV show yeah. that you guys have there with Will Arnett. I yeah. think it's Will Yep. The host. Um, whereas we've got an Australian version of that down here, which I think is probably uh, maybe I'm biased, but I think is the best version of the show <laughs> as, as, as well. And and the builders on there are amazing, absolutely amazing. So it, it's really cool to see this whole. Uh, it's like the the rise of pop culture, right? It's always been there, and people have always loved what they love. But it's like it, uh, that whole the meek shall inherit the earth well now it's the geeks have inherited what's cool right like yeah, right. geek pop culture has, has become cool for everyone like how many small little plastic and vinyl things can i get to remind me of my childhood <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's nowadays. part of the podcast is that having that nostalgia conversation with people right yeah. yeah exactly and now they're now they're going plush plush is everywhere plush is the big thing now oh my gosh okay i want to i want to share something we uh 
I was not aware how expensive some plushies are, right? I don't know. Are you in, mm. are you into these stuffed animals at all? No, not so much. I have a no because he's normal. Absolutely. <laughs> what was that? I said no because you're normal. <laughs> That's why you're not in a plush. <laughs> He, I have a friend whose daughter is, is totally in those squishmallows. Squishmallows, and that is the key word: is 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 daughter, is is child. It is a child that is into them, <laughs> not an, a fifty eight year old adult. And I purchased one here, and I squished it into a box and sent it over to the US because yeah. she's actually in Utah. That's, oh, nice. So we just, I just got a, I took a trade in uh, from a lady, and there's a lot more to the story than I'm going to divulge on the podcast in case for some reason she decides to listen to it. But we got a uh, we got some Pokemon plush as a trade in, and I don't we don't I don't nice. ever take anything like that on trade in in the store, and we don't really carry a whole lot of it. We a couple of things like we're we're uh, friends with uh, Truck Torrens who owns 100 percent Soft, and that's he does a lot of that mm-hmm. stuff, and we've carried some of his in in the store before. But so I told the lady, yeah, yeah, you go ahead and bring him in, and we'll check him out. I didn't realize what I was getting into. There, there were two in there. There were there were two uh, Pikachu's that were released only in Japan at the Hiroshima um, Pokemon Center. Wow! Those Pikachu's, like one of them, is like a forty dollar one. I'm like, that's expensive, right? Like, I I can't imagine spending that much for it. I looked up the price on the other one. It is two hundred dollars for this Pikachu. Wow. It's I don't know how po- into Pokemon you are, but it's it's the Poncho Pikachu, where it's like Pikachu and he's wearing like a it looks like a like a robe, but it's it, so it's like another Pokemon. <laughs> he like skinned another Pokemon and put it on. So it's like, and, but it's from 2015. I didn't realize it's a $200 little eight inch like stuffed animal. That's the the most crazy thing I have I've ever seen. And so that's taking you down a rabbit hole now. Oh, I don't want to. No, I'm. That's the last thing I want to go down. I. <laughs> I don't know. It's a it's a it's a different evolving collecting world. Um along the lines like swimming of, pools and uh trampolines and people that find costumes in po- post-apocalyptic <laughs> worlds and create a whole show in a cave. Yeah. So, Sid and Marty Croft. <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. Uh so you know, our collector's journey has changed. It's metamorphosized into something completely different than when we started the podcast. And you asked us this, and I thought it was a really good question on, on your podcast, and I'll pose the same question to You're you. Stealing your, it's I'm very... stealing his question. Uh, <laughs> hopefully he didn't trademark it, but it would be in Australia, so we're just so we're fine. We don't have to pay attention to that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, but what? So you've been on a collector's journey your whole life. When you started your podcast, how did that change for you? Did it change it? Did you expose yourself to more things? Like, what was the biggest yeah. noticeable change? Yeah, I, t- I totally exposed myself to too much more now. And, and I, I've always had a little bit of a completionist mentality with some things that I collect. That's dangerous. Um, and, and I've had to try to abandon that. I mean, even the pop vinyls you see in the background, a lot of them are now out of the boxes uh, where that was a thing. I've, I've kept all the boxes. I've got boxes within boxes that are now down in the garage. Um, <laughs> but... I've taken them out to display them and and I've tried to change and evolve the way I display my collection, the things I collect, try it. And it's easy to FOMO, especially even with Instagram, you know, trying to run an Instagram and take photos of my collection to share with other people. And, and I, I follow a lot of toy photography on Instagram. And so I'll see something. I'm like, Oh, that's really cool. I think maybe I'd like that. 
and then you go down this rabbit hole of, of what am I going to collect next? I, one thing that I've mentioned on the podcast before is bear bricks. I've actually got, I bought my first bear brick recently. Uh, and I, whenever I saw pictures of them online, I was like, eh, whatever. I, I was kind of the same thing with Funko. When I first saw them in the store, I was like, eh, there's little big headed things. I, I don't get it kind of thing. And then I had a couple of lines that I liked. So I think the first one, I think the first one that I got, my first Funko was actually the Batman versus Superman, um, the DC, they had the DC Collectors Corps, mm-hmm. the, the boxes that they did, and they had an exclusive of Batman in the in his suit, in the mechanical suit mm-hmm. from the Batman versus Superman. And that was one of the first Funkos that I got. It was just because I loved that version of Batman and I wanted that. And then that set up this rabbit hole of, as I was talking about the completionist, trying to get every, everyone for the set. Um, so I've had to abandon that, but yes, definitely the, it, it, having the podcast, talking with collectors, being online on Instagram, looking at other collections, uh, it's so easy to FOMO into certain things and wanting to add them in. But then as I co- constantly say on my podcast, space is the enemy of collectors, right? So at some point I've got to think, where am I going to fit this? If I buy it, where am I going to put it? Same thing with that Lego set now that's coming out of the Batcave. I think I posted it to my stories. I said, I'm definitely going to be getting it, but I have no idea where I'm going to put it. <laughs> so, like, you yeah. gotta remember, there's no such thing as running out of space. It's just forcing you to be more creative. Mm, You're just like, yeah. oh, I can put a shelf there. I'm sure of it. <laughs> And then now I have a house full of shelves. <laughs> I live in an Ikea. You're going to be on one of those episodes of Hoarders. But I just gonna... hoard shelves? <laughs> yeah, shelves. What do you mean? I can't sit anywhere. There's just too many shelves. Don't worry about it. At least there's at least everything's not on the ground and it's covered with newspapers and dead cats. Yeah, and uh, yeah, human feces. But sometimes... Oh, you glaze over <laughs> that went, one really quick. There. Yeah, and they, the guys they, from American Pickers are going to turn up at your place and they're like, <laughs> like... We're here for your shelves, sir. We're here for your shelves, sir. <laughs> and then they're like, where do you sleep? And then you point I to a, a shelf. I got a big old shelf to sleep in. <laughs> You've hollowed out like a, a, a little tunnel into like four shelves and that's where your mattress is? That's what they do at Ikea. It's like you just buy a bunch of shelves and you make a bed. Yep, yep that's the best place to get shelves. It is. Our whole stuff creative in your marriage like when your wife sees you starting to collect shelves i think no um i have i've been relegated to a single room and that's how it was in my previous house so like we we used to live in waco and i had a nice like 200 square foot studio and so that was like my display room i had free reign of that it was like our back porch got like they i guess the people before it like they they enclosed it right so it was a nice space and then i moved uh-huh. here and i'm like well I got a 10 by 10 room. <laughs> that's all I know. That's all I got. So the good thing that the store is there. So now I can just, now the office is just like full got of a revolving stuff. door. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, Oh, I gotta, I'm going to take this home. I'm going to look at it for a while, but I don't know. Uh, so going to your podcast a little bit, one of the things that, I mean, you've interviewed quite a few people, what and who more importantly, what was one of your, your favorite interviews? Ours. No, you can't say that yet. I mean, it will be, but hey, but, but beyond it's not us. live. It's not live. Okay. Jeez, <laughs> uh, oh, it, it's really hard to choose a favorite, and that's not me trying to be diplomatic. Is it because somebody might honesty, have listened to it? 
somebody's going to listen to this and be like, you're a jerk. I, I definitely, yeah, I definitely don't. Uh, shout out to my friend, the Pop Pox, who was on the um, first episode of season three. Uh, she would definitely want me to say that she was my favorite. So I'm going to go with Marisol just so that she won't murder me. She listens to this. Uh, but, uh, no, in all honesty, because one of the things I've tried to do with the podcast is every season I try and have different style of collectors on. So I like me being a huge Batman fan, I could easily probably do a whole season of just talking to other Batman collectors and it would be the Batman collecting podcast, but that's not the purpose of it. So I try and delve into all different uh, collector journeys and, and fandoms as well. So I've, I've had Star Wars collectors. I've had uh, Indiana Jones collector. I've had Lego and actually probably one of the ones I really loved was um, I had a Sailor Moon collector on and it was something that I ha really have no clue about, but I just had this wonderful, really fun conversation with someone and it was two collectors geeking out about collecting really. And, and there's that unity that comes with, with, with learning through the, those conversations and, and hearing someone else's journey, but you also have a lot of the own, a lot of the same common traits as collectors as well. You know, we're all very similar in the way that we collect. So yeah, it's hard to choose a favorite one. I know that really doesn't really answer your question. No, no. And I think, um, I think that insightful, because right? they're so different. Yeah. It's yeah. so different. Every conversation is different. And I think that, I mean, the sailor moon is something that I'm looking for, right? Like it, it's insightful. It opened your mind up to something new. And like you said, it, the conversation becomes, there's so many similarities we have just in collecting alone. And there's little nuances to collecting as a collector that you, you, you think that you're neurotic about it and you're like, I do this and that. And then you talk to somebody like, yeah, I've done that, but I also do this too. And you're like, <laughs> you're like oh, no, wait a, a new second, thing. a new thing that has been introduced to me. So, yeah. oh my goodness. And a lot of people that I have on the podcast, it, it's funny, like there was a Joker collector that I had on um, and the episode goes for about 45 minutes or so. But the time I was talking to her was two and a half hours that we, oh, wow. we actually spoke, spoke for. The uh, same thing with uh, the second Star Wars collector that I had on KC. We spoke for around, I think, two and a half to three hours as well. Uh, you know, even though the, the episode's less than an hour long. Uh, and that's the thing. I end up in these awesome conversations with people and, and forging these friendships with everyone. But every conversation is different. Yeah, no, I mean, and same for us too. Just the people that you interact with. and That's something we've always said about collecting and along the lines of the line chats and things that come up that you wouldn't do in everyday life that collecting really yep. brings people together. And yep. it, whether it's pop or Lego or whatever, I think that's something very unique. Um, I would say one of the things that we like to ask people to on, on the lines of collecting, what is your most memorable moment in collecting? Like something that you'll take away. It, it could be not to touch on what Piper said before, but an instant where you were just, it, it sticks in your memory. If it's a collectible in general, or it's just an experience you had with somebody. Oh, that's, that's, that's a difficult one to, to pick one in particular. I have uh, uh, 
it, it's funny. My my best friend that I grew up with uh, is a massive Lord of the Rings fan and collector, and that it's like a this is like a whole uh, a whole heap of connecting moments. But watching him collect it kind of also helped to inspire me and my collection, and I think having those moments with him watching him collect like going to there was a lord of the rings exhibition that happened here in sydney with a lot of the the movie props and everything and going through and he'd well, gone through it about a dozen times but going through and just seeing how much wonder he has like going through and looking at these things and then getting to the store at the end and spending his money but uh, it really inspired me to collect because of the passion that he had. And I think his passion helped to drive my, my passion. So there was a whole series of moments with him. And he also had uh, in amongst his collection, a lot of uh, Harley Quinn stuff as well. Me being a massive Batman fan, he recently gifted me a whole heap of his old uh, Harley Quinn statues when he was downsizing his collection. And that was a really cool moment for me. It was having this, this person, my best friend who, you know, I've watched collect for years. Just be like, here, he's he's just so sort of selfless like that. He didn't ask for anything for them. I offered him some money. I offered to buy him something for his collection. Uh, he was like, no, you you love this. You you take it. And that was really cool for him to do that. Um, and it's those kind of moments within the collecting community where we where we can all share in the passion together. That's what inspires me to do the podcast and what inspires me to keep collecting as well. Yeah, I think passion is something that we all have at, at some certain level and just seeing that devotion from other people and how they collect and, and what it means to them. I mean, just seeing like my kids as they grow up and the, the things that they decide to collect and, and, and what that means to them too, it, it kind of opens your eyes up. And that's a unique platform that we both have, that we have that opportunity to speak with collectors, to speak with creators and to speak with influencers in the field that just have all these different experiences and stories, but similar in that same right. So, yeah, thank you for that. Can I throw it back to you guys? Yeah. Just off the back no. of what, what Rick just said there. When you're collecting, I know, I'll just put the script here. <laughs> when you're collecting, now you talk about watching your children collect. Are there things that now you're like, oh, that my child has that in their collection and I really want it. And sometimes you might have doubles of things so that your child has their version. You have a version or how does that work? I would say for me, one of the unique things in setting up and exhibiting at conventions are both mine and Piper's kids have always had this opportunity to join us at a con. Right. And my kids, they like a lot of art. So a lot of the, like drawings and posters that they get from the artists that are at the conventions and, uh, you know, autographs, they like autographs too. And, and we kind of geek out on that. And, and, you know, Chris Sabat has a history on the podcast here. He does the voice of Vegeta on Dragon Ball Z on the U S side of things, but to watch that we got, he came out with an exclusive that was called the over 9,000 Vegeta. And we all went together and all got each one of us got one of those signed so that was sort of a unique experience for us to see, you know, each one of us going up to uh, get his autograph and have him sign something for us. 
And then we all have our own pop. That's the same thing, you know, with a, with a signature, he personalized them different for all of us, but just to see them geek cool. out in that moment. My daughter, has, awesome. she's not figured out the whole collecting things yet. She's still in the mode of like, I want to play with all the things. So like, uh, there will be like it's more of like her wanting to go through my collection and take the thing, take stuff out of it and be like, hey, <laughs> do you still want this? And I'm like, yes, I still want that. Put it back. Don't touch it. Or like she'll go in my room. I had like, so I, I used to be a big like, I guess I still am like Blizzard fan. So I had a, I had a lot of like I had the whole Overwatch like Lego collection. Like I, I think there's maybe one I'm missing now. But like I had all the minifigs out on like a nice display. It went in there one day and they were gone. And I was like, oh, where are you at, kid? So I had to point her. I was like, hey, you go in my room? She's like, no. I was like, did you go in my room? She's like, mm, why? I was like, all my minifigs are gone. And she's like, let me get those for you. I was like, all right, cool. So like she she hasn't gotten into the I mean, some Pokemon, she's she's just now getting to the point where she's like, I want to collect Pokemon cards. Like she plays, like we'll play together and stuff. But she's starting to realize, like, hey, some of this stuff has value. So that's a really fun experience. We get to, like, open packs together. And then she'll go through, like, a, a cards that we get in at the store. And she'll be like, hey, I have a dollar. Can I buy this? And I'm like, no, that's, like, $100. And she's like, okay, I'll save up. I was like, no, you won't. Uh, but, like, going like talking about cons, like, her, our thing that we share is she loves cosplay. She loves all, like, the the drama and then and the you know, the fanciness of all the costumes. And so mm -hmm. she loves to be able to run around and take pictures with all these people. And I'm like, you know, that's like not really Snow White, right? And she's like, oh, I know, but it looks like her and she looks cool. And I'm like, all right, cool. So we'll, we'll do that. We'll live in that world. So that's like her, her big thing is, is she loves to like talk to these people and like tell them how cool their clothes are. And she'll ask them like how they made it. And that's really like her thing that, and then she also, she's really into reading. So, comics are like a big thing and she loves to go and and meet the artists that do like the, the work on these comics and we're lucky enough that i have a lot of friends that are in the industry that work on you know they work for like boom and and dc and and marvel so she's gotten to actually hang out with some of these people and like that's like her thing and i, I love that i'm not a big comic book collector at all like by any stretch of the imagination but it's just i am an artist so that that aspect of it is really fun it's it's a cool avenue for her to I can see she's starting to go down there and really get interested in that kind of stuff. So it's been a, it's been a, a big, a huge blessing. That's cool. I always wonder like with, I don't have children, but I always wonder with. It's for the best. <laughs> <laughs> You're children doing it right, of man. Collectors. <laughs> I always wonder about the children of collectors and if some of them will grow up to be minimalists because they've seen so much stuff in their household. They're just like, I don't want to be consumed by the same collections well my my wife is very much like a minimalist like she's like super hippie and she's just like you know i don't want stuff everywhere so i get i as i said i'm relegated to my room upstairs and then at the store <laughs> so it's i don't have stuff everywhere i have one pop out like in the wild down here and it's it's in my bathroom and it's the mm -hmm. from from jurassic park it's the um the sexy jeff goldblum where he's like injured <laughs> dr so, ian malcolm dr ian malcolm and i have this it's like this floating like shelf box thing that's in there and it's he's just in there and he's peering out at you while you use the restroom so that's the only <laughs> pop that i have out and i've been allowed to put that one in there and that's it i wonder if your wife let you put that in there because she likes it 
like uh, oh she doesn't use that bathroom she refuses to use it (laughs) oh okay (laughs) no it's just it just happened that way (laughs) well i you know i i've had a great conversation i would say just you um yeah well we've had a great conversation <laughs> hey at this point it's 40 hours i don't even care like you're gonna go to sleep on the couch afterwards i'm gonna sleep on the the floor just fall down uh, yeah i'm just gonna pass out uh but no no we jd thank you for coming on the show i do want to ask one final question mm-hmm. and we do mm-hmm. ask this a lot too but it's to each other it, no to him okay and he's gonna answer it okay i think that's how it works right no yeah, the q a um but no one of the things we like to ask certain people when they come on the show, and I know this is, it's turning more in a collector series than a creator series, but uh, when we talk about strategery, mm-hmm. and we had talked about this in the, the past and, and people, what is one of the things, like if you give a collector one piece of advice from yourself to a new collector that comes on that it doesn't matter what they collect, what would that piece of advice that you would give them be? Uh, first of all, there'd be a couple of things. First of all, just collect how you want to collect. Everyone's different, right? Don't let anyone tell you how you collect, how you collect. Um, but also pick a niche because it can be so easy to go down. Like I keep saying rabbit hole, but you can go down the rabbit hole of, of like, I'm a Star Wars collector. I do have a heap of Star Wars Lego and other parts. I'm a Batman collector. I have a massive batman collection uh you know i also have disney stuff and when from going to disneyland my first time in in 2018 i have a heap of things that i bought from the park there and then going to japan i've got a heap of things that i bought from the park there so there's become like these multiple collections i would say if you can focus on one thing that you love and stick to that then that's probably going to make it the easiest um on you in terms of collecting and in terms of trying to fit it within a certain space as well no that's great advice i mean we've said that like a number of times yeah that's probably the number one even guests that come on that's like the number one thing they say yeah and it's it's true and it's hard to stick to really i mean it really is is. to have that discipline it is very hard to do so we'll we'll let you know you step off the stage where can everybody find your podcast give us all the socials all the good plugs so our audience can partake in uh, some great content yeah so uh anywhere you listen to podcasts just search collecting heroes um and you can find me there uh and on instagram also just collecting heroes um at collecting heroes there uh, you can actually find pictures of my collection that i keep talking about as well um and yeah, that's two places. All right. Well, check JD out, the Collecting Heroes podcast. Do that for us. Go on wherever podcast apps you can rate and review. Give it five stars or you hate our guts. We'll, yeah. we'll not put that on you, JD. Um, <laughs> and, and write a review. It always helps out. It helps getting the word out. That's one of the big things that people don't, you know, you take the time, write the review, give the five-star rating, you know, and uh, it helps go a long way in getting everything out there. Without with that being said, go end this. I'm Rick. I'm Piper. And I'm JD. Good night. That's it. Let's go. I love you. Hey, you can go to sleep now, Ricky. Oh. Bye. <laughs>